media fasting. We've been praying. And um, I talk today, I would talk about warfare praying. And I know uh, probably you've heard it all. And those of you who have been in church a long time know how to do that. But I was going to simply remind us uh, how to engage in, in what I call warfare praying. And I, I think uh, it's a, a little different maybe uh, when you are battling, of course, one of the three main enemies. And we know what those three main enemies are. Uh, everybody ought to be able to tell me what are they. The, the devil, the world, and your own self, your own appetites. And uh, <clears throat> uh, that last one is a cartoon character of me with, uh, <laughs> with orange hair or yellow hair. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the devil and the world and our own appetites. That's what the Bible talks as our three main enemies that we have to fight. And I know uh, I, I got a picture of the devil in a suit because he is often able to disguise himself as something that he's not. And uh, yet we know with uh, pointed ears and or horns and ears and a tail, we would think we would be able to recognize him. But most of the time, I think maybe we don't. Now, when we talk about the devil, and I, I'm not going to read all of these verses because I, these are, I want to get to the praying itself, but, and then I want us to do it just for a moment at the end, if you don't mind. But um, uh, the warfare praying is that sense of one of the enemies that we are uh, fighting is the devil. And the devil, of course, is known by several names. One is called a thief. Uh, he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Another name he's known by is the father of liars. So how do you know when the devil's lying? When his lips are moving. Because he's the father of liars. He's able to tell half-truths. He's able to tell partial truths. He's able to make you believe the absolute worst about whomever it is. And especially if it's somebody that's going to have a godly influence in your life. He will tell you, well, I know what they're up to. I know what they believe. I know what they said. I'm going to tell you they have, and they, and, and you, it's amazing how good he is at it. And sometimes people don't even recognize how slick the devil is at getting me not to worship Pray through, read the Bible, be in touch with God, be a part of a body. Say, so, yeah, but you don't know what they said and what they did. Let me tell you, the enemy is able to magnify all of that just to keep you isolated. Oh, no. He, is, he tells the truth. The truth is, he's the father of liars. Beelzebub was another name he was given in the Bible. Beelzebub actually means the Lord of the flies. I know there was a book written about it, but imagine, if you will, what that really means. The Lord of the flies. Most of the time, flies uh, <clears throat> attack things that are dead. 
and they produce a little miniature fly, baby fly, called an M-A-G-G-O-T. Don't talk about it, Pastor. But that's what flies do. They attack things that are dead and decaying. And I want to tell you, he is the Lord Master at something being dead and decaying. And he likes putrefaction. Anything that stinks, the devil loves it. Just telling you. If it smells like rot, man, the devil is right there in the middle of it. He's a deceiver, Revelation. In Matthew, he's called the tempter. In Revelation, he's also called, called the accuser of the brethren. And I, I don't want to spend all my time talking about the devil, I, you know. But I do think you need to know who your enemy is. He can attack your thoughts. He can attack your feelings. He can use others as weapons. He can turn what somebody says into a weapon. He can make somebody feel like, you know, uh, why didn't they say that to me? Why didn't they help me? Why didn't they do this? Why didn't this happen? And he can make you feel like that somehow somebody, and, you know, and literally use other people to attack you. The first murder in the Bible happened to the two children of Adam and Eve. Cain killed Abel. Why? Because he felt like God liked him better than me. And my name is Cain, and I'm called the man from God, and I don't like my brother. And so he got mad at his brother and killed him. So, you know, the enemy can put thoughts and feelings in your heart, mind, and all the above. Now, uh, the world, when we talk about the world, uh, the Bible is very clear. And you've read the verses, and John said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him for all that's in the world. And then it talks about the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of the life. It's not of the Father, but as of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. And he that doeth the will of God abides forever. James 4. And four says, friendship of the world is an enemy or an enmity with God. Whosoever therefore is a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Wow. And so you say, well, you know, I just want to do my own thing and have my own little life. And I don't want to be bothered by anything else. And I just want to have my little house on the little prairie and I I want to tell you and love the nature and I, I, I like nature and I like the little house on the prairie but I want to tell you you must recognize that the world is going to pass away what I do for God is all that matters you can have a nice little home you can buy a mountain you can buy an island in fact I was reading where you know <laughs> The government has taken over somebody's island. Of course, the island down there in the Philippines where the volcano blew up. Now it's all covered with ash. I, I want you to know, just know that the Lord is in control of everything. I need, first of all, a relationship with him more than anything else. <clears throat> I need to be a friend of God more than a friend of the world. <clears throat> now, we know when it comes to the flesh, and Galatians, it says, This I say, walk in the Spirit, 
and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I always like the fact that Galatians says this, first of all, because it's the Galatians that a lot of people will turn to to say, well, you don't have to uh, do anything because uh, we're not under the law. And they, you read verses out of Galatians, and yet Paul was very clear in Galatians to say, don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They are contrary to the one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. James, the fourth chapter, we read the fourth verse. The first three verses before that in the fourth chapter say, Whence come wars and fightings among you? Are they not hence from your lust that war in your members? In other words, you want something, you don't get it, so you get mad about it. You fight, you war, you have not because you ask for something you don't need to ask for. You ask amiss that you may consume it on your lust. So it's like if I say, oh God, I want this, I need this, I need that, and yet I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing with what I've been given. It's like, will the Lord give me more? <laughs> I'm not being obedient to him here. I'm not trying to live for him. And so when you say, well, what do I do? Well, you first have to humble yourself. You have to humble yourself. That's the next few verses in James say, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God. He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the, might, in the sight of God, and he shall lift you up. So the point is that if we're going to engage in warfare praying, we, our first step must be to humble ourselves before God. You first have to repent. You say, well, I haven't done anything bad. Repent anyway. It won't, it's not going to hurt you. Just simply, it doesn't take an, an, an hour. It doesn't take six days to repent. I'm not talking about sackcloth and ashes that you've got to wear around for a month. But you have to say, oh, Lord, I need your strength. I need your help. I, forgive me if I've done anything. If I haven't done what I should do, I'm gonna, I need to fight whatever it is, my flesh, my, the world, the enemy, whichever one it is that I feel like I'm fighting. I first have to humble myself before God because God resists the proud. If you try to say, I can do this. I know I can. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to beat it. I'm going to get a hold of this. Let me tell you, you've already lost the battle because you're trying to do it by your might and your strength and your power. And the word says, not by my might, not by my strength, not by my power, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. So you've got to immediately recognize that, yes, do you need, you can say, Lord, I need stronger willpower. Lord, I need you to help me. But it's, again, a humble before I need this from God, Amen. not me. You understand? Subtle difference, but an important difference. Simon Peter talked about it by saying, be sober, be vigilant, because you're adversary. So there's another couple of things. It's called sobriety and vigilance. That means, in other words, don't, <clears throat> be not alert. Don't walk around like, oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't think the devil's really after me. I don't think, 
you know, I think, well, I don't think it's that bad. You know, I got, yes, I got a little habit here. And, oh, I do it a little bit, but I don't. Hello. Get real. Who are you fooling? Well, I'm not as bad as, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer. For those of you who don't know, he's just a guy that not only killed people, but I think ate them or something, or skinned them, I don't know. But just sort of a bad, bad guy. Well, I'm not that bad. Well, praise God. But if I know I've got an enemy that I'm facing, I need to get real about it and fight it through the power and the prayer of Almighty God. That's why he said, be sober, be vigilant. Your, devil, your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist, what is that word? Steadfast in the faith. You have to get strong in the faith. You have to be steadfast in the faith if you're going to fight the devil. If you're kind of like, I'm not sure whether I really want to live for God or not, but you know, I really do need help doing this, and I'm not sure, you know, I'd like for the Lord to help me and give me strength, but I'm not sure if I'm committed to really serving him. I'm going to tell you, you're double-minded at that point. You're trying to fight a battle, and you're not quite sure how far you want to engage in this. You've got to be willing to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I'm ready. I'm steadfast in the faith, knowing that, you know, when you start feeling woe is me, I'm the only one that has ever gone through this. I, no one has to suffer like I have to suffer. No one's had to put up with what I've had. He said, know that the afflictions that you're facing have faced everybody else in the world. There are others in the world that are going through it. And so, you know what? Sometimes when you don't understand why you may just have to say, Lord, I don't know who else is going through this. But, but Lord, if it's just me and one other person, I'm going to do my best to hang on to you. I'm going to do my best to fight this enemy. I'm going to fight this feeling of the flesh. I'm going to fight this thought. I'm going to fight the world, the grip of the world in my life. I'm going to get a hold of it. I, why? Because greater is he that's in me. Corinthians, Paul said it like this, thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's an important thing right there. Victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, here's that word again. Now this is not Simon Peter, but it's Paul. And he said, be what? Steadfast. What does that mean? You've you got to be resolute. You've got to have your mind made up, unmovable. Well, I don't, it wouldn't be bad. I know, I've kind of had a little problem with this, but fill in the blank. You know, bad app, a few minutes on the computer, drink, drug, whatever, put it in there. Gambling. If I get one scratch-off ticket, it's not going to be a big deal. Huh? If I take the app just one time, he said, you've got to get unmovable. The Bible is very clear. The little foxes, 
abounding knowing that I've got to do the work of the Lord. It's not about, you know, well, I'm gonna, I need help to fight the devil. I need help to fight my flesh. But I'm not willing to commit to living for God. You're already lost the battle. You got to make up your mind. I need help so that I can do what God needs me to do. Now, I put here the name of Jesus, the shed blood, quoting the word. Because when he says he's given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know that when I get involved in warfare praying, one of the things that I like to find myself doing is I quote the name of Jesus because I believe that every devil trembles at the sound of his name. I'll say in Jesus' name. And then I'll talk about what we old folks used to call pleading the blood. Uh, Lord, I am so thankful that you shed your blood on Calvary. I still believe that blood washes wider than, you know why? Because the devil hates the fact that the blood was shed on Calvary. It's his biggest stupid mistake that was ever made. And I say, you know what, devil? I want you to know that I have been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I went down under that blood through that name. I came up. That blood washes whiter than snow. I know what it feels like to have my sins forgiven. I know what it feels like to be regenerated in the power of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm here to tell you that you listen to me devil. The Lord shall not leave me nor forsake me. He'll go with me through and I start quoting the Bible. That's called last part engaging in warfare praying. And I understand that it's easy to allow yourself to sort of get cuckoo in it if you're not careful and what I mean by that is, you know, our media is so full of voices today that you can find all kinds of stuff that you can listen to and it may be truth and it may not. And that's why you've got to filter out what's good. It's kind of like, you know, eating poison or being around toxic stuff. I mean, there are apps and there are people and that's one of the reasons why Facebook and some of these Twitters and all this other. I don't believe everything that somebody puts in there. I don't believe every story. I don't, you know what? Sorry, I just don't. Everybody that preaches on whatever radio station you find, whatever you log on to, Paul told Timothy about it. He said, oh, Timothy, guard and keep safe the deposit of godly truth entrusted to you. Turn away from worldly and godless chatter. I wonder if he's talking about Facebook 2,000 years ago. With its profane, empty words and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge which some have professed and by doing so have erred, missed the mark and strayed from the faith. I, I want to tell you something. The devil knows how to put somebody's voice into your ear that it tell a partial truth right. 
It's just why you got to know where you're eating. Now, I, I'm not trying to be... Too transparent here but most of us don't just eat anything we find from anybody's table huh and I know we, we you know we used to have buffets and potlucks at church and we you know we trusted everybody that I'm, I'm okay with all that but I still would hear occasionally, you know, now who made this? <laughs> Not from any of y'all, I'm just saying, huh? And now we have, we do almost all the cooking in-house and it's not farmed out and I got it and it's not because we don't love everybody, but, huh? What are you saying? I'm saying that being very selective and just because something has a sign, you know, in fact, I am blessed. <laughs> I have a few folks that are attend this church that have worked in the health department. And occasionally over the years they've said, Pastor, I wouldn't go to so-and-so restaurant. Haven't you? <laughs> and I've gone, okay. Why? Because it's, it's a restaurant and it's selling food. But if you knew how many health violations they had, huh? And yet, just because something's on the internet or something's in print, sometimes we'll read it as if it's knowledge Hallelujah. And it gets us out of the faith. The faith in God, the belief that God is able. Anyway, all right, I got to go. We're going to talk about warfare praying. For I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So let me just tell you, I know y'all are all smarter than the average bear. You make yogi look stupid. I get it. But let me tell you, the devil is smarter than all of you. Put together. He's been at this 6,000 years, including me. So don't think for one moment you can outfox the fox. Amen. The only way you can stay a little bit ahead of the devil is by keeping full of the Holy Ghost where you have a discerning of spirits. And I, some of you know what I'm talking about, that you've gone, ooh, this just feels wrong. Oily. Something's up. Huh? Mm -hmm. I, don't know. I don't really know anything, but I know something. You know what I'm talking about? That's called the Holy Ghost radar. If you'll use it. And yet, the enemy is able, he was able to beguile Eve, and so he will corrupt your mind through the simplicity that is in Christ. So don't think for one moment that, you know, you say, well, I don't really have an adversary. I'm not fighting the devil. Oh, we all are. So going to one of the most famous prayers about 
spiritual warfare that you can find in the Old Testament. It's in the book of 2 Chronicles. And to give you kind of an idea of what was going on, a bunch of folks were coming against uh, the children of Israel. And Jehoshaphat wasn't always been the best, perfect king. But all these people lined up to kill him. And he doesn't know what to do. And so he calls the children of Israel to repentance and proclaims a fast. And kind of like our 40 days. And he's like saying, oh, we're going to repent. We're going to seek the Lord. He was afraid. And then he starts engaging. That's in about verses 1, 2, 3, 4. And then in verse 6, he starts probably one of the best warfare prayers you can read. Another great warfare prayer is our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's, that's another good prayer and we can break that down and I've, you know, we talk about praying that and praying around the clock and all of those things. But and the important thing was it ends up where he's going to send the choir out, remember, and the ambushments go against all the Moabites. The choir leads the army and the worshipers lead the army. And that's the story. But the prayer is what's amazing. Here's how he starts. Oh, Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? Rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee. Basically, warfare praying has to begin by not only the repentance and asking God to forgive you, but then when you actually start praying, you have to first deal with who is God or if you put it into question, are you not? Fill in the blank. Who are you? Who is God? Who is God to you? Who is God to you? Well, he's somebody that I need on Sunday. I'm sorry. It's going to be a long, hard battle. Who's God to you? Is he really your God? Many that say, Lord, Lord, will he really be their Lord? Or is God somebody that dwells in heaven? And that's able to rule everything. Our Father which art in heaven, holy be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What, how does that prayer start off? It's by acknowledging who God is. It's by talking about God for a little bit. If you're going to engage in warfare praying, you've got to start off by talking about who God is. Lord, I know you are you not, I know what you are able. And I put down here a couple that I remembered reading one from history and, and one from uh, recent, more recent history whenever, you know, some very notable generals, uh, warriors, uh, the uh, one wasn't a very nice guy. He was a bad czar in Russia. But the uh, history records that when Napoleon had led his armies, the French armies had pushed their way into, into Russia and into Moscow and they had about surrounded Moscow and cut it off and Moscow was about to be destroyed. The czar who wasn't one that attended church according to history made his way to St. Petersburg to the Basilica. Got in front of the chief cardinal there and fell on his face in the city of St. Petersburg and said God I need your help. 
Can you believe he actually thought God would help him? He wasn't living for God. He wasn't serving God. But he got on his face. And do you know what the Lord sent a little prophet by the name of Cold Winter? Huh? And literally wiped Napoleon's armies out. General Schwarzkopf, maybe y'all don't remember who that was, very rotund guy, one of our famous generals during the Persian Gulf War, <clears throat> directed the first bombing in the Gulf Wars where the bombers left southern Missouri, the stealth bombers. They didn't want to have them on a base outside of the United States because the technology was so terrible. It terribly secretive. They left southern Missouri, flew out over France where they were refueled in air, in flight, and then ended up bombing in the Persian Gulf and then made their complete trip all the way around the United the world and landing in Missouri. And according to General Schwarzkopf's own report, he laid in his tent and prayed from the moment they took off until the first wave returned. What are you saying? Oh, I'm not engaged in that kind of a warfare. I'm telling you, we are engaged in that kind of warfare in 2020. We might as well recognize we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. And we need to understand and know who God is. I need to talk about who God is. When I start praying, you say, oh, I don't know who he is really. I don't really know him. I don't know. Now I lay me down to sleep. Oh, he's my little God that I can take out. No, he's got to get big to you. He's got to become something like Isaiah said. Have you not heard? Have you not known? Has it not been told to you from the beginning and understood that the foundations of the earth, he sits on the circle of the earth. The inhabitants are like grasshoppers. I'm talking about who God is. You've got to start talking about and magnifying God. He stretch out the he stretches out the heavens as a curtain, spreads them out like a tent. He brings the princes to nothing. He makes the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. No, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stock they shall not take root in the earth. What are you saying? Is that? Well, I don't know if God can do anything about this. Well, let me tell you. As long as you believe that, you've already lost the battle. You got to get in your mind what God can do absolutely anything he wants to do. Yeah. He's powerful. He is the almighty. He shall blow on them and they shall wither. The whirlwind shall take them into stubble. To whom will you liken me? To whom will I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Thy will be done on heaven as it is in earth. You understand? What you're saying is, you know what? You've created everything. You call them out by name and by number. You've named the greatest. You're strong in power. No one fails. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. Oh, there is no... Sir. What? 
If you're going to engage in warfare, pray, you're going to have to figure out who you really believe God is. And you're going to have to pray and make him magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. He searches the understanding. Who can search his understanding? He gives power to the faint. No one, no might. He increases strength. To them that have no might, he gives strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We sang a song a week or so ago when I wait on the Lord a Sunday night. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm waiting on you, Jesus. But I'm not sitting by passively waiting on you. I'm praying, oh, magnify the Lord. I'm, I'm letting him lift me up. Ah, oh, the Lord is powerful. The Lord is great. The Lord is mighty. I've read it to you before, Psalms 139. The first uh, 18 verses are basically a praise to the omniscience, the omnipresence, the omnipotence of God. You can read the entire psalm. You can read Isaiah 40. You can read Micah. Micah, terrible sounding prophet that realized that the children of Israel had sinned. And he says, Micah starts off his book, read it in the first chapter. The Lord gets out of his place. He's going to come down. He's going to walk on you, tread on you. The mountains are going to shake. The valleys will be cleft in two. Where they'll burn as wax, melt as wax before the fire. The waters are going to be poured out. Because of the transgression of Jacob and for all the sins of the house of Israel. Micah starts off his book by saying, God's mad at you, boys. But by the time he's ending his book, he's now engaged in warfare praying. Why? The first part of it was to make them repent. And what does he say at the end of Micah's book? Micah, the seventh chapter, he said, Who is God like unto thee? That pardoneth iniquity, that passes by transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion on us. He will subdue our iniquities. Thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. What is he saying? God is sovereign. God is righteous. God is holy. God is omnipotent. God is omniscient. God is immutable. That means he doesn't change. That's the kind of God I serve. And if you're going to engage in warfare praying, you've got to pray that for a few minutes. And I'm sorry, I wish I could tell you, you could, you could say enough about God in 30 seconds that it's... If you really are warfare praying, you'll be surprised. That'll take you a few minutes. By the time you find some of those verses, by the time you read them out aloud, by the time you shake your finger at the devil and walk around the place, by the time you look at your flesh and say, listen, flesh, I know who you created you. 
you're not bigger than the God that I serve. I don't care what you think you got on me, what whole disease has got on. I'm talking about a God that made it once. He can make it again. Huh? That's the kind of warfare praying I'm talking about. Now, the next part of this warfare verse is the 7th through the 11th verses of his prayer. You can read it in 2 Chronicles. He said, art thou not our God? And then he started talking about the promises of God. You drove out the inhabitants of this land. You gave it to your seed. When evil comes upon us, we built a house and you put your name there and you said, when evil comes on us as a sword or judgment or pestilence or famine. You know what he was talking about? He was talking about the word of God that came to Solomon whenever he was dedicating the temple. He said, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then you will hear and help. So after you take a few moments, minutes, whatever it takes you to build up God, then you got to, the next part of warfare praying is you got to start talking about the promises of God. That's where you get a hold of the word of God. That's where you get a hold of what God has said. Didn't you say in your word that you would never leave us nor forsake us? Didn't you say in your word that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the the world? And that's where you go. And that's why Paul would say all the promises of God in him are yes, (laughs) yea, and in him Amen. It is so unto the glory of God by us. Used to sing a song. Don't sing it anymore. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. (laughs) I don't remember. I, I couldn't remember. All the blessings... Of his love divine. Every promise. Why are you reading your Bible? Why are you having Bible study? Why are you writing down some scriptures? Why are you writing down Psalms 139? Isaiah 40. Why are you doing that? Because this week I may engage in warfare praying. I got to know where some promises are. I think this past year on Father's Day and Mother's Day we gave out Bible promises. I Anybody still have your book of Bible promises? Three of you. Hallelujah. That one may have been two years ago. God bless your hearts. Maybe get another one this year. I don't know. What are you talking about? Finding some promise in the Word of God. Finding something that says, you know what? The Word, you said it like this, Lord, in the Word. I'm hanging on to the Word of God. I'm believing in the Word. What are you doing? I've already magnified the Lord. Now I'm reminding Him of His promises. Why? Because I'm engaged in warfare praying. The last part of this, very simple. Went like this, verse 12 of his prayer. He said, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company. It's not going to be by my might nor by my power. That comes against us. Neither know we what to do. But our eyes. 
upon you. That's where you humble yourself down and you say, Lord, I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do. But my hope is in you. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I I will. I am confident. I have confident hope in his power. I'm not going to be able to whip this, but God, I know you and I together, you can do it. I'm coming along. I'm going to do my best to worship. I'm going to do my best to praise. I'm going to do my best to come down to the front and get a hold of God every service that I can. I am not going to allow myself to get sidetracked into every other little rabbit hole chasing me around. I've got a battle to fight. This is warfare. It's serious. This spirit's after me. Whatever it is, the spirit, the addiction, whatever it is that's after you, it's real. I need your help. I thought of the old song that said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. What are you saying? I'm saying you can't live your life and go, oh, I I know I had a problem with that and it'll be okay. I I can still go... I can still go by so-and-so and and I can still get on a little bit and I can still, uh uh-uh, my hope is not on me. Huh? And I know, I know it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Well, I talked to someone this week and I said, you know, can feel like that's no big deal, but you got to, Draw a line in the sand and say, nope, can't go there. Why? Because it's putting the trust on me. Oh, I can handle it. No, I can't handle it. Every day I've got to engage in warfare praying. God, I need your strength today. Lord, I need your presence today. Lord, I need your help today. You are mighty. You are powerful. You are all-knowing. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he goes in to give us this day our daily bread. Give us. And he starts giving the petitions that he's asking. But you know what? Ultimately, what this is all about is, Lord, I know your promises. Why? Because you promised that you would never leave us nor forsake us. I don't know. We start 40 days of fire and it seems like Everything goes crazy in the church. Seems like that's what happened. People go to the hospital and have this and that and situations and sickness. It's just luck that it all happens at the same time. Be aware, we've got an adversary, folks. But we're greater is he that's in us. We got promises. So we're going to stand and we're going to just. If you're not fighting anything and you don't know anybody's fighting anything, you don't have any families fighting anything, you don't have any battles of your own, 
you're welcome not to, not to join us. But you know what? Some of us need to get into some warfare praying. We're going to first talk talking about how great God is, how big God is, who God is. We're going to first just simply ask, I'm going to do it for us all. Bow your heads with me. I'm going to start the prayer. Lord Jesus, you see everybody that's here, man, woman, boy, girl, child, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, whatever the case may be. I pray, God, that your shed blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse every one of us from our sins and our shortcomings. If we've done anything to offend you, Lord, I ask you to plunge it beneath the blood transgressions wash us whiter than snow because we need to engage in warfare against the spirits that are in our world today in the name that is above every name the name in which every demon in hell trembles at the sound of that name in the name of Jesus Christ